Oh boy, this is it, ladies and gurgle schnigblergdens. Get your box of Kleenex out. <gasps> it's the final Harland Highway podcast, episode 1000. And it's the longest one I've ever done because it's the last one. It's a little special. It's two hours long, so you can listen to it in portions, I guess. But it's, uh, we're going to reminisce. We're going to talk about the history of the podcast, the origins of the podcast. We're going to get a bunch of goodbye final phone calls from Pavement Pounders. We're going to talk about the dis- different aspects and different layers of the uh, podcast, what it meant to me, what I thought it meant to you. Aunt Ruthie's calling in for the, for the last time. So we'll be hearing from Aunt Ruthie. We'll be hearing from Barbecue Eddie for the last time. Apparently, my boss, Mr. Featherstone, wants to talk to me, so I'm going to be going up to the 12th floor to see. I'm, I'm hoping he gives me like a good f- farewell you know, present, maybe a golden watch or a, a basket or a bonus, something nice. I'm sure after, after almost 10 years, I think, I, I would hope he would make it nice. And we're going to reminisce. We're going to play some of the old crank phone calls. That, uh, that I did over the time. Just a real retrospective and a nostalgic look back at a great ride. Thanks for being here. Let's go. This is the final episode of the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. The heartless, heartless monsters. All of you, through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. When you see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, a rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harlan Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. My George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harlan Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you don't lose, you're gonna lose right now. Don't leave me here. Well, I guess. In a way, I am going to leave you right here. This is the day we've all been dreading, gang. Pavement pounders, fans of the show, followers, leavers, comer-backers, casual drop-inners, once or twice a listener. Maybe this is the first show you're ever going to listen to. You you heard about Harlan Williams as a podcast? I'm going to tune in, only to realize you've you've joined on the last day. This is officially our thousandth episode. Even though it says a a thousand and three, one of my astute Pavement Pounder fans discovered somewhere along the way during all the years, I bungled up the numbers and I misnumbered everything. And so I was short technically three episodes of the Harland Highway. And so the numbering was wrong. And so now here at 1,003, this is actually, based on that information, 1,000 episodes. So this is number 1,000. What a journey. Maybe maybe I should talk about the journey a little bit here before we get into the depths of the show. But um, 
you know, one of my my modus operandi, one of my objectives with this show was just to kind of alleviate the boredom of your week, uh, maybe your day, your year, whatever, and and kind of create this alternate universe wherein uh, I was this guy who was running this uh, this this talk show, this radio show from a from an office building somewhere and. Nothing ever really went right, and there was chaos and silly events happening. And I have a crazy boss, Mr. Featherstone, and and I interview people that are just kind of not really normal. And, um, you know, just kind of theater of the mind is what I wanted to create. And uh, it's something I've wanted to do my whole life. When I was uh, younger, when I started, uh, when I was a young kid, I used to do, I used to make tapes. I, my, my parents had a cassette tape recorder and I used to, uh, you know, when no one was home, I would put it on and I'd, I'd just kind of create this, these scenarios where I was talking to myself, but I was doing all the other characters. So I did this when I was, uh, you know, when I was a young kid, then I was in my teens, and then when I went to college, I, I found myself myself still doing it. I had, like, three college roommates, and when, when they left the house, I would, like, I would, like, start recording and doing, doing voices and, and pretending to interview people and creating these weird theater-of-the-mind worlds. I loved, I loved creating other characters that didn't exist, you know, personalities that really didn't exist in in the universe. And just with the use of my voice, I suddenly created a human being. And I always found that process fascinating, and that's what I've done on this show. If you think about it, if you run through the library of all my characters, from Dr. Ascot to Dr. Debbie Timer to, you know, Colonel Tom Dowdy to uh, Samuel E. Quauk, to, uh, you know, all of them, Cinnamon Boy and, and Billy the Campfire Kid and, you know, all of them. These are human beings that don't exist in the real world, but yet somehow I've convinced myself that they're real. And in doing so, probably, you know, convinced you to a degree that they exist, at least their personalities. They're obviously not here in the physical form, but... The fact that you listen to the podcast and buy into the fact that a a character is being talked to, you know what you know what I mean. It's it's like it's really there's nothing there, and so I, I find that fascinating. That not only I can create that, but also I can I can pull other people listening into that world and and have them buy into that there's another human out there. But but this person doesn't even own one molecule. They are less than than air. They are less than thin air. They are merely reverberations of my vocal cords that echo into your eardrum. It's pretty fascinating, isn't it? That's that's all these people, all these imaginary characters. That's all they are. They're really just a sound. They're really just a series of flowing sound waves, right? This is sound. I'm just making, I'm just making noises with my throat, and and when I do a voice, oh, I'm I'm Billy the Campfire Boy. It's just a, it's just a noise, isn't it weird? 
But yet we have over the years, probably over the 10 years, you've probably imagined what this character looks like. You've probably imagined probably beyond what you hear of him in, in the podcast. You, you might have imagined what his parents look like. You might have imagined what he's wearing. You might have imagined what color his hair is. You might have imagined if he has any friends or where he lives. Or, and that's the beauty of, of the theater of the mind. And so with this show, I tried to create these, 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 uh, these places and these people and these environments that, that I could take you to and take myself to and just explore and be uh, un- uninhibited and, and just blow the walls off and just go anywhere and do anything. And it's something, like I said, I've been doing my whole life. And then when I was... Um, when I started my comedy career, I actually uh, decided my first comedy album was going to be this type of stuff. And I did a, back in those days, in the 80s, I made a cassette. My comedy, uh, my comedy album was on a cassette. And it was called When Rhubarb Turns, Turns to Radish. And it was literally like an hour-long special of me doing these types of characters that you hear in the podcast. So it's been a lifelong passion. And as I said, I really just wanted to break up your your week, break up your life, kind of, uh, you know, when, when you're going through your routine, whether it's boring or exciting or whatever it is, suddenly you have these, these uh, fantastical characters and situations to... <laughs> to distract you, maybe make you laugh, make you smile. And uh, it's such a pleasure to do it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. But, um, you know, I feel like we've put down a thousand episodes. I think it's, I think we're at nine or 10 years. I've lost track of the years. So maybe if one of our astute pavement pounders goes, Oh, you still owe us two years, Mr. Williams. I'd probably be like, ah, oh, okay, so I, I miscounted the year, so I owe you I owe you two more years of podcasts. I got it. No, I can't do that. But but um it's been a hell of a ride. It's been very um creative for me. It's been very um it's it's been a great outlet. It's been very exploratory for me. It's allowed me to kind of dig into a lot of places and, and find things and, and what's what's uh What's really fun, and I've, I've told you this before, but some of you might not uh, be aware of it, but um, none of my bits, my sketches, my, my characters, none of it was ever written down. Maybe here and there a bullet point like, oh, say the word rocket ship here or mention uh, the ice cream shop, but that was rare. I mean, I'd say 99.9% of every single thing you ever heard just came right off the top of my head. I didn't plan it. I didn't prepare it. I just kind of, the only thing I'd prepare is I'd, I'd think of a topic and I'd just let my mouth roll. And I didn't go back and edit. I mean, 99.9% of every sketch you heard was just me rolling through from beginning to end. It was extremely rare if I ever stopped and cut something. It usually if it was a sneeze or I coughed or or you know I had a mucus fit or something like that or my phone rang and even even then I'd leave it a lot of the times you guys could probably hear it. 
But uh, everything that you heard was 99.9% just flowing off the top. And, and sometimes I didn't even have a topic. Sometimes I just, I just turn on the microphone and go, you know what? Let's just introduce a character or let's just... Let's just bring up an old character, and I don't know. I'll just I'll just say hello. Is that you? And g- let let the character roll. And that's what's that's what was so stimulating for me because these characters, even though it's me, when I jump voice, when I shoot the focus back to the other character, it, it's kind of not me. I'm kind of I'm kind of um, the uh, the shaman for them. I'm kind of like the conduit. For these characters to speak and come to life, and and uh, I, I, I'm fascinated with with some of the stuff they came up with, man. I mean, I came up with, but but it, when you're doing it in, in another voice, it it's 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 kind of surreal. When you really just let it go and you commit to it, and you don't you don't overthink it, and you just you just let it happen. I mean. There were times when I just felt like I was talking to other people because I didn't know what was coming next. You know, it's like uh, George Michael. I'd be like, so what did you do today, George? Well, that's none of your bloody business, is it, Harlan? I mean, why, why should I tell you what I've been doing? What the hell you been doing, eh? What, you been down in the basement playing with rhubarb? No, I haven't been playing with rhubarb. Well, I bet you have because I know you like to play with vegetables. I don't like to play with vegetables. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you got some under your pillow right now. Well, now, wait a minute, George. No, you go look under your pillow, Arlen. I bet you got some goods and some rhubarb and some turnips, right? Okay, maybe I do. I thought I knew it. And stop calling me George. It's George fucking... You see, just like that, like... That just came out. I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if it's good, but it just it just flows out. And it it's so much <laughs> it's so much fun because why did I just start talking about vegetables under my pillow with George Michael? But that's the joy that I had, and and I hope that translated to you guys, and I hope you enjoyed it. And and as you know, in many of my sketches, you'd hear me crack up laughing, and that's because a lot of the times I don't I didn't know what was coming out of these characters' voices next. And so they always tend to say outrageous things and funny things, and, and I would just sometimes lose it. And that that was a real joy. There were times when I was like, oh, I hope I lose it on this sketch. I hope I, because it just, you know, don't we just love to laugh? Isn't it the best feeling ever for the soul and the body and the heart and the mind? And, and that's that's the other reason I wanted to do this was to just give you guys something to to, to give you that joy, man. To give you that joy, that's 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 the real gift of it for me is to just know that you know I got I got many a phone call and many an email from people saying, man, I was having a shitty day, man, and I, I my girlfriend dumped me and I lost my job and I'm just depressed and all of a sudden I listen to your podcast and I pull the car to the side of the road because I was laughing out loud and you just you just lifted my spirits, man, and you made ah. No, he didn't jump. He didn't jump. Um, so that that was the that outside of actually doing all the performing, that that was the the best thing about this. Um, such a treat, such a treat. And uh, and the other thing is, I I said before, you know, we, we go through life, and we're given we're given 
skills, we're given gifts, all of us are good at something or many things, right? Some of you might know how to put up drywall immaculately. Some of you may know how to drive an 18-wheeler with your eyes closed. Some of you may be mathematicians. I, I can't even divide. I don't even know what 8 divided by 19 is. I couldn't even, It'd take me 10 minutes to answer. But we're all good at some, some things, right? And so I, I kind of had to believe that maybe I was good at this or, or tried to be good at it at least. And, and comedy's been the backbone of my career and my life. And, and I do a lot of shows and I do a lot of movies and TV and entertainment. And, and a lot of that stuff doesn't come free. You got to pay for it or you got to pay to come see me at a club or you got to go pay to see a movie I'm in or whatever, right? And so part of this podcast was, you know, how can I just put something back in the universe? How can I put something out there for people where there's no financial commitment, there's, there's no attachment, there's no, it's, it's just, it's just, I guess, my way of saying to God, thank you for the gifts you've given me. Thank you for the opportunity you've given me to bring joy and maybe ideas and perspective and thoughts or whatever it is I, I put out there. And, uh, and, 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 and this was my way of, of just kind of like putting it back out there for all to enjoy. And, and, uh, you know, there's no, no monetary, there's no, there's no price on it. It's just, it's just there. And it's my way of saying thanks to the universe, thanks to God, thanks to everything, and and it's just a way to give back, you know. And I think we all do that in our lives, right? We all, you know, how many of you are skilled at something? Like whether you're you're a laborer, a carpenter, or a a, a mechanic, or who knows what, you know? Maybe you're even a social worker, or a marriage counselor. How many of us have? done stuff off the books where it's like, you know what? That guy looks like he needs a new carburetor. He looks like he's, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Or that person looks like they need some marital advice or that person had a, oh my God, the, the rain destroyed their basement. I know how to fix basements and drain. You know, we've all, we've all done things just because it's, it's for the good of it, right? It's to give, it's to give back to other human beings and and that's part of the journey in life, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, it, it feels good, and it, I think it makes other people feel good. So something to remember um, as you make your journey through life is to try and be kind and generous and, and put stuff out there for people without looking for anything in return. Um. And, uh, and yeah, and that's been very fulfilling for me. And, 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 you know, there were times when I could have monetized my podcast. A lot of people did it where they got advertisements and they, they hired, you know, professionals to help them, you know, create a, a, a money flow for their podcast. And, and I never did it. I, I thought about it. I had chances to do it. And, and, and I, you know, the only thing I ever did was the premium membership, which was 20 bucks a year. And that was just to kind of help cover some of my costs. But to be honest, and I'm not whining, I'm not pouting. I'm just to be honest that the podcast at the end of the day costs me money to make. But again, I don't care. That's part of it. That's part of the, you give back, right? 
Not everything's about stuffing money under your mattress and look what I've got. Oh, you know, it's like, who wants to live like that? Um, so even though I had the opportunity to, to do the, the, you know, monetize the podcast, something inside just spiritually didn't feel right about it. It wasn't that I couldn't have chased it or, or worked harder at it. I really just, I, it, it was something I fought against. I was like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to read commercials to my listeners. I, I don't want them to turn it on. And here I am doing a funny bit. And then right in the middle of it, I'm asking them to buy a mattress or buy, you know, erectile dysfunction pills or, you know, buying a timeshare in Maui. You know, I, I just, I wanted to keep the podcast clean and separate and, and uh, you know, on its own. And the only thing I ever did was play commercials as a joke. I've, I found all those old, you know, Vagisil commercials. For those of you that might have thought those were real sponsors, No. Those were just old Vagisil and douche commercials that I found because I thought, what, what, what could be funnier than a podcast? And all the only commercials they ever play are for Vagisil and douches. And, and I know it was a little crass, but that was the point. It was just, it was kind of my little running commentary on just the fact that they, they dressed those commercials up so pretty with birds singing in the background and a, you know, a mother and daughter having a talk. Mom, can I ask you something? Yes, dear. Do you douche? You know, it's just they're just they're so kind of dirty, but so innocent at the same time. So they always made me laugh. So there you go. There's kind of a little bit of insight into the podcast on the final day. I don't want to make it too long and boring, but uh, I just wanted you guys to kind of know where the journey started and what kept me motivated. And and as I've told you, I'm, I'm bringing it to an end because I feel like, you know, we've done a lot and I, I want to pour my creativity into something new. And I am doing that right now. And I will keep you updated on that. As I said, I'm going to leave the podcast channel open so you don't once I end the podcast, you don't have to go, well, I guess I'll delete the Harland Highway. Just leave it hanging like a ghost, like an old sweater in the closet. You know what I mean? You know how you have like 30 shirts in your closet or 30 outfits and, you know, you, you rotate them, you wear them like, you know, once every few weeks or every few months. But there's that one sweater or that one shirt down at the end of the of the of the rack. And you maybe throw it on once a year or two or three times a year. You're like, all right, I'll say, well, that's probably what I'm going to do with the podcast. I'll probably every now and then I'll throw one out there and surprise you and maybe bring out some of the old characters or, or who knows? Maybe I'll do something completely new, you know? So leave the door open a crack for your old friend, Harland. And uh, maybe one day when you least expect it, I'll give you a little... A little giggle. Uh, also, who knows? Will I do another podcast? I know there's people probably asking. It's possible. Um, I don't know. The, the, you know, the, the field is so oversaturated with podcasts. There's so many now. Like, I almost don't know who doesn't have a podcast. And uh, kudos to everyone who does them. Good for them. They're great. They're fun. But I also found that, you know, personally... My creativity stems from from trying to be unique and try. I've always strived to do things that 
other people hadn't done yet or not many people did or or you know what I mean? I like to find mediums and formats that are kind of untapped or, you know, un, untread. And, and the podcast world got uh, very busy for me, you know. Suddenly I, I've got tons of people asking me to be on podcasts and you know, there's a podcast for, for if you've got a, a broken window in your house, there's a broken window podcast. If, you're, if your dog has a cold, there's a Dogs with Cold podcast. If, if your cereal fell on the floor in the morning, there's a Lucky Charms on the floor podcast. And I'm, I'm not knocking it. That's great because there's interest for everyone. But, but to me, it just kind of made things a little boring, you know. It's like if you're a hockey player and you're on the ice and there's supposed to be six hockey players on your team on the ice at the same time. But every game, the coach started putting two or three extra players on the ice. And you're like, wait, what? How do we have 14 players? And then, then you know, by midseason, you've got 62 players on your team and you're all skating around, bumping into each other. And there's there's very little room to maneuver and there's very little ice space. There's little very little surface and... The fans don't know who to look at and cheer for. And so I, I just, I don't know. That that was part of it too, but not the main part. The main part was just, it was time. You know, it's time. So um, so today's show, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll enjoy it. It's not going to be a Debbie Downer session. We're going to celebrate the podcast. And uh, we're going to take uh, some of your phone calls. We're going we're gonna, to, you know. We're just going to do our thing. So why don't we start with a couple of goodbye phone calls from some of the fans, uh, some of the pavement pounders, and uh, and then we'll wrap everything up at the end. I'll say my thank yous and my goodbyes and all that stuff, all right? All right, Raj, hit it. Uh, some phone calls from the pavement pounders. Hello? Hello? Harlan, I have a request for your last podcast. Could you please pronounce the name Sanders instead of Saunders? I've been listening to you for years now, and you've been pronouncing Bernie Saunders and Colonel Saunders from KSC, and it really irritates me. So please, could you say it right just one time for me on your podcast so I'll be much happier person and I can move on with my life. Thank you so much. You have a great day. And thank you for all the good times you brought us. Hello, my name is Bernie Sanders. I am running for president of the United States. I like to flap my arms around in the air. I put them out in front of me like a praying mantis. I wiggle them up and down. And if you see me at an outdoor rally, that is because... I do not like indoor rallies. At the outdoor rallies, I, Bernie Sanders, have a much better chance of catching an insect in my mandibles, a delicious inchworm or a dragonfly perhaps flying past or perhaps even nesting in my hair, a June bug, perhaps some fresh dewworms that come out of the ground because I spittle so much when I talk, it's like it's raining and it urges the earthworms to come out of the saturated soil. I, Bernie Sanders, there you go, buddy, see? 
I hooked you up, Bernie Sanders. That was another thing I did on this podcast. I, 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 I don't know why I just mispronounce words. It's part of the way I'm wired. But I got to tell you, that would be pretty funny. Bernie Saunders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Wouldn't that be delicious? Hello, welcome to Bernie Saunders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Today, I have a three-piece double breast with a chicken leg saturated in my spittle. And, of course, for an extra fee, I can rub the chicken through my flowing white hair. I can also tenderize the meat with my flamingo-like mandibles when I wave my arms around. I can poke your food up and down as I speak because my arms and fingers are always flapping and moving and my fingers are always pointed out. And I can poke and prod your fresh chicken breast so that it is extra soft here at Colonel Sanders, Colonel Bernie Saunders, Kentucky Fried Bernie Saunders Sanders Chicken. Okay, there you go. See, I, I did both, but I got you, bro. See, that's I always want my always wanted my listeners to be happy. Even the ones that called and gave me crap, like there were people that laid into me, there were people that disagreed with me, there were people that got mad and said, I'm not listening anymore. I don't like the way you talk or think. And um you know, even though we all disagree, I always appreciated those calls. I always I always liked hearing people's points of view, and I always liked having the opportunity for that type of engagement. The only thing I didn't like when people would just get mad and, and say mean things and, and not really want to, you know, they didn't want to hear the response to their their anger. You know, there's some people that would just phone in and say stuff, and you're an idiot, you're an asshole, and screw you, slam. But they weren't open to the, uh, you know, the concept of maybe uh, learning or maybe understanding another person's differing point of view. So even though we had uh, people that called in and disagreed or, or, you know, disputed things that I might have said or whatever, it was always fun and stimulating. And I appreciate all your calls, regardless of whether they were high praise, low praise, or somewhere in the middle, man. Um, it was all really cool and fun to talk to you guys and get your phone calls. Harlan, this is Patrick from Milwaukee. Just wanted to uh, give you a call before the last podcast uh, is aired. Uh, I've been with you since pretty much the beginning. I uh, worked for a company where I drove on the road here in the great state of Wisconsin, and started listening to you and uh, Adam Carolla. You guys are my favorites, and I'm really sad to see you go. Um, just wanted to get my goodbye in before it's too late. Um, really can't believe you're leaving. You've been, you've given me a lot of laughs. I miss all your characters that you used to do back in the day. I don't know why you don't do some of them any, anymore. Um, I have a feeling it has to do with political correctness. However, anyway, going to miss you, buddy. Um, excited to see what you're going to be doing in the future. And chicken chow mein, baby. Bye-bye. Wow. 
Patrick, you don't know how much that means, how how that moves me. Uh, you know, to say that you have been tuned in since the beginning, and like I said, I think it's nine, ten years for, for you know, we don't know each other. And for a complete stranger to invest time in what I'm doing and to want to come along on the ride and do it for that long from beginning to end, oh, my God, I mean, that's... That's the dream, man. And, and uh, you know, the fact that um, I was able to keep you engaged and interested for that long is, uh, is just like a mini miracle. And, uh, you know, that's all, all, a, uh, all a creative podcaster can hope for is that, that you, uh, you do something that people, it resonates with them and it, it stays with them and they want more and they want to keep coming back. And, uh, and you certainly did. And for that, I'm, I'm absolutely honored. I'm floored. And I know there's many others out there that did the same. But for you to take the time and call and get it in before the last podcast, uh, thank you so very, very much. And uh, just uh, briefly to answer your question about um, not doing some of the characters, it wasn't anything to do with politically correct. I mean, good Lord, I... That stuff, forget it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have time for people with censorship agendas. Okay, um, this is the United States of America. We're allowed to say what we want to say, and so um, if some of my characters faded away, it wasn't due to uh, anything political correct. Although they should probably all be in jail for the things they say. <laughs> um, um, no, what it was is, you know, sometimes I felt that a character just, uh, you know, got exhausted or tired itself out, or I just, I, di- I didn't feel like the character had more to say. You know, when I first started the podcast, I did Dr. Ascot every Friday, every single Friday for the first few years. It was Dr. Ascot. And then I just kind of thought, oh, you know, I st- I'd start doing the sketches and go, ah, I'm kind of reaching for it. You know, it's not, you know how I did the thing earlier where I just let it flow? Well, every now and then I'd, I'd get to a wall with a character and it just, it wasn't just coming easy. It wasn't just like, and I wasn't satisfied with it. I'd be like, ah, that's not, that, 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 that wasn't as fluid as I wanted it. That, that, that didn't, that didn't come out and feel like a moment. It, it felt like, okay, that'll do, you know? And whenever I got to that point with a character, I kind of laid them to rest, you know, but no, no political correctness, man. I mean, if, if you listen to the whole show as you did, you'll know that even when I introduced new characters, I mean, they went off on all kinds of tangents. I mean, there was never any political correctness and not that there needed to be. My, my show was not geared to hurting people or being mean spirited or unkind. Uh, it was always just kind of to be bizarre and silly and, kind of make fun and make light of the topics of the day or just random topics. So, um, yes, I know. And sometimes I was sad inside. I was like, oh, man, I want to keep doing that character, but I just don't, you know, kind of like Dr. Debbie Timer was one. When I first started doing her, oh, my God, I was like, I would, if you listen to the first, doc, I'm just cracking up when I'm doing them. And, and then as I st- kept going, I've, uh, I just, I, I stopped doing her because I just kind of felt like they were getting too repetitive. You know, some of them, some of the characters you could do and they, they felt fresh every time. And then some I started doing, I was like, ah, I feel like I just 
kind of redoing the same thing and not if it if it didn't if it didn't feel funny to me, that was a signal to me that it was time to kind of let that character slide. But the good news is, you know, I always found uh, excitement when I'd find a new character. You know, like uh, you know Corporal Tom Dowdy or Aunt Ruthie. Or, uh, you know, Rutherford Grimes, Professor Rutherford Grimes, and, uh, you know, who knows who else. But um, I always had fun uh, replacing the old tired ones with fresh new ones. So, um, so again, thank you so much, man. I'm so glad you stayed with the show, and I hope, I hope you carry with you for the rest of your life some, some joy in your heart and some comedy, and I'm glad it helped you through uh, times in your life. And I know if you're out there driving a truck, probably putting in a lot of empty, lonely miles. And, and the fact that I could be in the cab there with you while you were shifting gears and running over moose and stopping at truck stops. I was right there with you, putting a smile on your face and helping you watch the scenery go by. So, uh, an honor. Thank you so much, and uh, let's do one more call, Raj, for now, and then we'll pop pop on to some more later, uh, and then we'll get uh, going with some other stuff. Go for it. Hey, Harland. I wanted to wish a fond adieu, a fondue to you for the final podcast, and the one word seems to some of your podcasts, I'd say, is caring, and reminds me of the back-to-school movie with Rodney Dangerfield, and the scene with Sam Kennison, where he says, Rodney Dangerfield says uh, that Sam Kennison really seems to care about what? I have no idea, but uh, you definitely cared, even in your rant sessions, and uh, you know, no matter what topic, and hope that uh, you'll give us some uh, outlet in the future for your thoughts on stuff. I guess Twitter is it, but uh, hopefully, be something also. That. Anyway, thanks for the memories. Like Bob Bob Hope's song is coming up about now. <laughs> there he is. Speaking of someone who was with the podcast from the early days, this, this is Brian, and Brian was a regular caller, and uh, he'd send emails to the fan page, and also Brian would show up at my comedy shows. I mean, Brian. Thank you, man. You've been such a, a a committed fan and such a, a nice guy, and uh, you know, and Brian never held back. There were times when Brian would 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 blast me. He'd he'd send me emails or voicemails, or he's like, "Hey, screw you, man." And then there'd be other times when he'd he'd do the same, and it'd be complimentary or nice, or sometimes he was just confused by me, but. But nonetheless, uh, Brian uh, committed to being honest and open and, and, you know, sharing his emotions regardless of where they went. And uh, he was one of the guys that uh, always uh, had a voice on this podcast. And I was always and still am very grateful for that, Brian. Thank you. 
And, uh, you know, Brian, when I was ever near where he lived, I think Brian lived in Texas or somewhere around there, but uh, he would show up to a lot of my shows, my stand-up shows. And he wouldn't just come for one, he'd come for the whole weekend. Like, he'd, he, if I was there from Thursday night to Saturday night, he'd be there at Thursday night show, the two Friday night shows, the two Saturday night shows, and normally he'd be sitting right in the front row. And I got to recognize his face, and I knew who, who he was. And a lot of times when, when I'd see him sitting there, I'd make a, make a point to, like, kind of, you know, go at it with him and, and improvise with him and make comments to him in the front row. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I think one of my first times is, you know, I, I drew my I draw these T-shirts, these custom T-shirts. <laughs> and... and uh, you know, I sell them on my website, and they're kind of expensive because they're hand-drawn. They're like 65 bucks, and I guess Brian bought one, and this was before I really knew who he was. I, I wasn't able to connect his face or his name to anything because he's he was out there in the Internet world, right? But then I think I was in Dallas, Texas, or somewhere like that, and Brian came to the show, and he was wearing the hand-drawn T-shirt, <laughs> and I remember... Somehow he we started talking. I was on stage and he was in the audience. And somehow I think I made kind of a snappy kind of derogatory but fun comment. It wasn't mean-spirited, but I, I said something, you know, like, oh, that sounds, you seem like a real stupid guy or something. It was in the, in the heat of the moment. But again, it was it was wrapped in kind of being silly, not being mean. And I just remember the look on Brian's face and I realized he was wearing one of my custom shirts and I just remember seeing the look on his face like almost like you son of a bitch I spent 65 bucks on your stupid shirt and you just called me an idiot in front of the whole room and he I think he even made a comment about it he said something he's like, hey man I bought one of your shirts and you're calling me stupid or whatever but I think as Brian got to know my stand-up comedy act, he he learned, uh, you know, that that I do that with a lot of people, and it's all part of the shtick, and it's fun, and it's it's silly, and none of it's to be taken seriously. So, but I always remember that that kind of disgruntled look on your face, Brian, when I when we had that exchange, and that was kind of my first introduction to you. And then since then, I've been able to uh, talk to Brian and see him at at the clubs and say hello afterwards and and so dude thank you for for your patronage to uh the the podcast to the comedy clubs and and also uh, all your thoughtful and sometimes entertaining emails and uh, voicemails and it's great uh, great to have you call in and leave a final goodbye and uh thank you so much all right so why don't what? Hold on, Rogers. Who? No. No, I'm not going up to Mr. Featherstone's office. This is the last podcast. No, I don't want to go up there. What's he going to do? Fire me? Oh, he wants to give me something? Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe it's like a goodbye present or something, like a bonus or a, like a congratulations on a that. Like, do you think it's that, Roger? Probably, right? Okay, well, there you go, gang. Uh, I just got word that Mr. Featherstone, my boss, wants to see me upstairs on, the <laughs> oh, my God, on the 12th floor. And um, 
And uh, so, Raj, uh, wire me up and uh, let's go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head up there, play a commercial, Raj, and then uh, we'll catch you on the other side up on the 12th floor at Mr. Featherstone's office. This is going to be good. Finally, I'm going to get some kind of recognition, some kind of, you know, award for, for reward for my hard work. This, this is, okay, now I'm excited to go up and see Mr. Featherstone. Roll it, Rog. Let's face it, there are good kinds of yeast and bad kinds of yeast. But bad yeast goes scat with yeastostat. Burns an itch or a thing of the past. And yeastostat's seven easy step application makes feeling fresh a breeze. I like yeast in my bagel, but not in my muffin. Did you hear the news? Let's have a chat. That East Coast yet. With East, I said. I'm free. Well, here, here I am. I'm up on the 12th floor uh, in the waiting area, waiting to go in to see uh, my boss, or my soon to be my old boss, my ex boss, Mr. Featherstone. Uh, there's Betty. Is re- Hello, Betty. His receptionist Betty over there. Hi, Betty. My last, uh, my last day. Uh, any, any parting word? Okay, the finger. Just, just like oh, the middle. Great. The, that's all you got. The middle finger. Oh, the other, the other middle finger. So d- the double blast. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't seem to change. Um. All right. Okay. I'm. G- all right. I'm going in. Nice to see you, Betty. Um. Here we go into the off. There he is, sitting at his desk. Uh, h- hello, sir, Mr. Featherstone. Hello. Yes, sir. It's it's me, Harlan Williams. Oh, ha- Harlan Williams, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelu- Harlan Williams, sir. Happy holidays. Not happy holidays, Harlan. You called me from my podcast downstairs, sir. It's I'm here. Yeah, I, okay. I know who you are. Sit down. Get your big white flowery, 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 sir, your flowery legs and sit down. What do you mean flowery, flower, flowery, 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 flowery legs? We're both having trouble saying flowery. I, I noticed that, sir. Well... If you didn't have flowery legs, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Sir, what does that even mean? Your legs are white and pasty, and they look like flowery curtains in an old age home. What the hell are you talking about? Shut up and sit down, garlic bun crap face. Sir, you heard me. What? What is going on, sir? Well, before I get to that, let me ask you something. Okay. Have you ever farted? No, I'm not. Don't start with the farted stuff, sir. I don't fart on things. Have you ever farted in a salad bar? (sighs) Why in the name of heaven would I fart in a salad bar? Because when you fart in a salad bar, it blows the lettuce leaves all around, and it looks like a nice fall day. It looks like a nice fall day because you're blowing... Lettuce leaves around with your fart. Sir, people have to eat that lettuce. Not me. What am I, a manatee? What? What? Now, before we get to what I'm going to get to for you. Okay. 
Have you been downtown lately? What do you mean, sir? Oh, don't, don't, what do you mean me there, uh, Gerber baby food clit? What, Gerber baby food clit, sir? Yeah. Have you been downtown at your funny little bars with your funny little friends? Sir, this is going to be the last time I say this. I don't go to funny little bars and I don't have funny little friends. Oh, really? Yes, really. How about that bar at 29th and 14th? What bar are you talking about? Oh, you know the one, the chocolate ice rink? The ch- the chocolate ice rink. Uh-huh. Sir? Uh-huh. What? I don't go to the chocolate ice rink with my funny little friends. Oh, so you admit you have funny little friends. Sir, what am I doing up here? Okay, since you're going to be all snappy there, gingerbread fingers. Gingerbread fingers? Uh, you heard me. Okay, what? Well, I'll tell you what. It starts with the letter F. What starts with the letter F? What I'm about to tell you, Gorgonzola clit. Sir, what are you going to tell me? First of all, before I get to that... Oh, God. Have you ever farted? Sir, I do not fart into th- have you ever farted into a gopher hole <sighs> who in the right ra- why would i fart into a gopher hole well maybe you've never heard of groundhog day how about that there uh jingle bell face sir what about groundhog day well we wait a whole year to see a fancy doodle groundhog don't we okay that's a tradition Well, what if eyes don't want to wait a whole year for a fancy doodle groundhog? Why? Because maybe eyes likes to see a fancy doodle groundhog more than once a year. Okay, so if I squat over a groundhog hole, oh God, and I let rip an eggplant Italian Caesar salad teaser, what? I can blast that hairy little bucktooth fuck right out of that hole like a cannonball shooting across the Mississippi River. What are you talking about? Well, if you can't understand physics, I got no time for your fucking uh, cornmeal backwash. Sir, what, what am I doing up here? Is this what I think it is? Yeah, it is. And it starts with the letter F. Okay, financial package, I understand. What, financial package? Why, why did you say the word package? Because I'm, I'm the exit thing. No, no, you said package. And that makes me think that maybe that's a word you learned downtown at one of your funny little bars. Sir, wait a minute. What is your idea of a package? Oh, wait a minute. What is your idea? Now, what? Now, when you're downtown at the sizzling pogo stick, at the, the what? You heard me, that funny little bar at 29th and 4th, the sizzling pogo stick. I do not go to the sizzling pogo stick, sir. Ah. Uh, sir? Ah. Uh. Now, I bet you walk in that place and go, wow, look at all the packages. Wow, 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 look at that, look at that guy's package, look at that guy's package, look at all the funny, sir, stop, 
what? Can we just get down to business? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And business is this. Okay, thank you. Have you ever fought it, sir? Into an old lady's wig. Sir, why would I fart in an old lady's wig? Because when you do, a dust cloud goes up and it makes you feel like you're hiking in the desert. Sir, I'm about to walk out the door. If you don't, I said you're here for the F word. I know, financial, not financial. It sounds like iron. Iron with an F. Wait, fired? That's right. You're fired, Weisenheimer. What, what, what do you mean I'm fired? You heard me. You're done. You are F-I-R-D-D-E-D. Fired. Hello? I'm, hello? Are you hearing me? Oh, I hear you, sir. Uh, you heard that I fi- you're fired. Yeah, I heard. Okay, I see you sitting there smiling like a retarded circus clown. No, I'm just, if you want to say it again. Okay, I will. You're fired. Hello? Yeah, I, he- I heard you, sir. Why are you smiling? You got a crooked-ass grin on your face. Like you just had sex with a pumpkin at the Motel 6 with Jeffrey Dahmer standing over you. Whatever, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm fired, am I? That's right. Uh, hello? Why are you grinning? Like you just won the lottery. I'll tell you why, sir. You want to know why? I would like to. Because this is my last day. You can't fire me. This is my very last day after 10 years of your abuse. Uh, what? You heard me, sir. Uh, You can fire me? Great. I was quitting anyways. I'm going to be done in like an hour. Wait, no, you, you. I run this place, not you. Well, you just fired me. Well, guess what there, hemorrhoid pants? Hemorrhoid pants? You're hired. Wait, what? You heard me, you're hired. But you just said I'm fired. Yeah, but since you were already firing yourself, uh, you're hired. Why would you fire me and then hire me? Because I'm in control there, skinny jeans. What? This doesn't make sense. It makes sense to me. You were fired, and now I hired you, and guess what? What? I'm hiring you for 43 years. What are you talking about? You're never going to retire. This will be your last job, you string bean sucking, cauliflower licking, pea meal bacon gargling, fucking dragonfly ass. What the hell is going on here, sir? You are hired in perpetuity. No, I'm not. I am fit. This is it. The reason I was grinning is because you fired me and I already knew I was leaving. So playing tricks on me, huh, wise guy? You just got an extra 10 years. What, an extra 10 years of what? Hired. What are you saying? You're now staying here for 54 years. What is... You're hired. What? You can't hire me. I just did. Step into my office. Why? Because you're hired. No, I'm not hired. I'm I'm out of here, sir. Wait, where are you going? 
I'm, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not doing this. Probably headed to one of your funny little bars downtown, huh? How about the upside down velvet cheesecake? Sir, I'm just gone. You say whatever you want. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, well, we'll see you soon enough, Tinkerbell teeth. Sir, no, I'm done. See you later, sir. Goodbye. Oh, no. Nobody walks out on Mr. Featherstone. I'm walking out, sir. Goodbye, sir. You'll be back. Goodbye, Mr. Featherstone. Have a great life. Slam. What do you mean? What do you mean, have a great wife? What about my wife? Betty, thank you. I won't be seeing you again, so... I wish you all the best. I, I wish you hope and happiness and joy and the middle finger. Okay. Thank you, Betty. I'll always remember our uh, engaging little chat. And there's the second middle finger. All right. <sighs> Goodbye, Betty. I'm headed back to the elevator, gang. Just had a big blowout with Mr. Featherstone, the last one. The guy had the balls to try and hire me. We'll see you back down in the studio in a minute. Good, what a nightmare. Is it any wonder I'm leaving? Hey, Dad. Yeah, Sally? Can I ask you something? Sure. Do you douche? Well, sure I douche. Should I douche too? Sometimes I feel stuffy. Douching not only helps you with your stuffiness, it makes you feel fresher. Here, try this. What is it, Dad? That's the pumpkin spice douche. Oh, wow. It sure smells nice like a candle. It does smell like a candle. Now try it like this. Oh, where do I stick it? Well, here's a receptacle tip. And you just take it like this, and Ow. then you... Oh, it hurts. Just stuff it up there, Sally. You'll feel fresh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me about douching, Dad. Honeydew disposable douches. Now available in pumpkin spice. Trick or treat, Dad. Secrets Adult Store. How can I help you? Hi, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, calling. I wanted to know if you guys carry a nice selection of dildos. Yes, sir, we do. We have quite the selection. Okay, I have a bit of an unusual request. Do you have the ye- do you have yellow ones? Um, you know, I don't know if we have anything in the yellow color. I'm just walking down the wall. I see a yellow butt plug. Okay, um, you're close. You're in the wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> my um, my wife has a fetish, and I know you probably get these calls all the time. My wife has a fetish for Asian penises, and so she wants a kind. Of, it's unusual, but she wants a small dildo. Do you have like a three inch yeah, one? We definitely have a lot of different sizes, and we do have a variety of colors. Um, but I really like the yellow. She likes the Asian men, and if you if you have I that, mean, something we, three we inches some, or smaller, some, no ones that are um, lighter flesh tones for sure. Bordering on yellow, like have you have you ever seen an Asian man's privates? Um, well, there are definitely some that could be of numerous different ethnicities. Okay, um, okay. I think you're probably going to have to come in and see if they you know fit what you're looking for. We don't have anything that's actual yellow colored but it doesn't sound like that's what you're looking for anyways well the main thing is that that small asian compact size so have you got any dildos three inches two and a half inches long um we definitely have some things i'm looking at 
some different pieces right now. We have a lot starting at four inches. Oh, which, that's um, mm, which bit for, too long, bit too big. She likes the she likes the feel of that small little Asian penis going inside of her. Um, um, oh boy, we definitely we have some smaller. You know, when it gets to that size, you know, a two inch, they're not there usually you go. Um, marketed as dildos but we have a lot of pieces that are that shape and size what would they be marketed um, as so we have we have a lot of you know small vibrators that are that size okay okay any yellow ones um not that i am seeing off the bat oh, um but this is tough this is tougher than i like thought like i said have some different flesh tones this is tougher than i thought you know my wife and it's interesting because she used to be into the long you know, thicker ones, and suddenly she got this, uh, this uh, you know, fetish for the Asian. She got yellow fever. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, well, maybe it does. She know that you're shopping. Maybe you can bring her in, and together you can see if there's something that fits what she's looking for. There's an idea. I come in with her, and we shop around for uh, tiny Asian yellow penises together. Exactly. Okay. I mean, a lot of couples okay. come in here and shop together. I always recommend to men shopping for their wives. You're never going to know what she wants as, as well as she does. And it's not like I'll have to carry one of those cumbersome baskets around because, you know, those bastards, the penises are so small, I'll just carry it in my hand and bring it right up to the cash. For sure. Oh, this is, well, you've been a world of help. Thanks, Angel. <laughs> for sure. Do you know where we're located? I do, yes. We've been okay. in there before. Last year for Christmas, we bought some anal beads, and it was just wonderful. Under the tree, they were colored. They're green and red. Just wonderful. <laughs> So yes. we are she we're open walk until right 1 a.m. today, so come on by any 1 a.m., okay, and maybe we'll pick up some fresh uh, Christmas season anal balls while we grab Probably. the uh, Chinese penis. Exactly. Okay, hey, this has been, thank you, such a wonderful yeah. help. Thank, thank you, you so calling. much. God bless you. All right, see we'll you see later. We'll see you soon. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, just one of the many prank phone calls and just so you know asian people listening yes that's a a stupid stereotype but we have fun with stereotypes with all kinds of people it's not intended to be mean-spirited it's just one of those you know they say asian people have small ones they say black people have big ones they say white people are in the middle it's just you know we all have those white people can't dance Asian people can't drive. Black people don't like swimming. It's, you know, and nowadays you say anything and people get so upset. And what they don't realize is that every culture, every race of people has their own little, their own little things that we should laugh at. If we can't laugh at ourselves, what can we do? If we can't have a little fun and tease each other with this stuff, imagine if we stripped out all of this stuff. There'd just be no no humor. We we should always be able to, you know, people that talk like this, we call them rednecks. Whoop-a-doo. You know, the French people, we say they're uh, stuck-up assholes, but uh, we have fun with them, you know. Nobody hates anyone. It's just, and what's sad about today's world is that you have to say this kind of disclaimer after you do anything because people are just ready to, oh, my God. Harlan Williams hates Asian people. He did a crank phone call. Relax. Good Lord. Um, but, uh, you know, did a lot of fun uh, prank phone calls over the years. And, man, they are they are fun as hell. But if you think they're easy, 
guess again, okay? It, it takes a lot of work. Like, when you're doing a prank phone call, and not that I do them, because, you know, I don't even know if they're legal, but for people that do them, um, man, you have to dial and dial and dial. You'd be amazed. You think just any random phone number you pick, someone's going to pick up. You'd be amazing when you when you dial random phone numbers or even phone numbers you find online. We're sorry. The number you have dialed has been disconnected and is no longer in service. Please hang up and try again and go fuck yourself. Like, I'm telling you, man. Like, I would to get... And then you got to get someone on the line. You got, like, this lady here was perfect. She hung in there. She... Did she think it was real? I think so, but she she didn't she didn't crack. She just went along with. And so that's the other thing. When you do a prank phone call, you gotta you gotta find your mark. You gotta find someone that plays along. You gotta find someone that doesn't hang up on you. You gotta find you know. And so that one there, I mean, we did a lot over the years, but that one there would just you know was so smooth and fun and easy, and like the, the the girl was great. The topic was silly, and uh, and so you're probably wondering, well, why didn't you do more of those? I mean, they were a lot of work. You almost have to put like a few hours aside, and it's kind of it sounds stupid, but it's exhausting. You just keep dialing numbers, dialing, and then you gotta you got you know, and then you don't know what's gonna happen, and then you gotta hope the call goes well. Just because you get someone on doesn't mean you're gonna get comedy gold. They might not play along, or I might be off my game. I might not be shooting on all cylinders. It might not come off as funny, you know, blah, blah, blah. So all these things we kind of take for granted. There's a lot of work that goes into every moment of these things, you know. And a big a popular character was Barbecue Eddie. And Barbecue Eddie was a guy, you know, as you know, he was a guy that... Uh, you know, I did the voice of, um, I, he was calling for barbecues and, uh, he was a guy that I, you know, he was the only guy that I wanted people to hang up on me, but, uh, you know, it, it could take me two hours just to get like one or two good calls. Cause a lot of times people didn't, if I finally got through to someone, first you got to get them at home. Then you got to get them convinced that you're what you really want a barbecue. Then you, you know. And then a lot of times they'd hang up before you could even get started. And oh my God. So, so don't, don't kid yourself that crank calls are just easy. You just pick up the phone and go, Hey, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that's hilarious. Like there are so many elements that have to fall into place to get a cohesive and, and well-crafted prank phone call. And that one was great. And again, my Asian friends, you know, we're just poking fun. Relax. Believe me, I went to an all-boys boarding school. I know that all Asian men do not have small wieners. It's, it's, it's all over the place. I used to have to shower with like 40 boys at a time at, at all-boys boarding school. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Thanks a lot, Dad. So you've, I've seen every size, every culture, every race. I've seen... Why am I talking about men's penises? But I've seen white guys with huge hogs. I've seen black guys with huge hogs. I've seen Asian guys with huge hogs. I've seen white guys with teeny tiny. It it runs the gamut. Just ask any girl. Ask your local neighborhood slutty girl, and she'll tell you the same thing. So it's all just in jest. 
my friends. <sighs> Hello? Hello? Holland. Hey. I need you to get up to the top floor. I heard something's going on with the plot blast. And I'm sick about it. I mean, I know I told my secretary to give you the finger every time you walked in. But, oh, my God. I didn't know you'd actually leave us. Oh, Holland. Oh, you provided the company with just loads and loads of just music and loveliness and plod plastin, whatever you got going on there. It's just lovely. And you know what I'm telling you? If you ever want to come back, okay, okay, I'll give you a little bit of her promotion, but that's about it. So, uh, I know you're going to hang out at your funny little bars when you leave here. I bet, uh, what are you going to get on to the, uh, old slokey pokey, huh? Or the, uh, the old retirement, uh, fireman, uh, brigade, huh? But anyway, Holland, it was lovely having you here, and I'm sorry we got a little on the, uh, wrong hand of each other, but if you can forgive me, just know that we loved you here, buddy. And, uh, you know, you're welcome here anytime you want. Just, uh, you know, stay away from the top office if you can, because I got, you know, top talent there. So, anyway, love you, Holland. Chicken chow mein, baby. <laughs> love you too, man. And see, that's what I mean. That That's the beauty of creating these characters is that they resonate with people, people find an affection for a certain character for some reason. Over the years, many people have uh, have called in and done impressions of some of the characters. And there was even a group, I think it was in Kansas City, and I don't know if you guys are still listening, but I always appreciated this so much. At my stand-up show, what would happen is uh, there was a small group of people in Kansas who would come to my stand-up shows dressed as the characters from my show, from from the podcast, there was a guy guy that would come as uh, as Mister Featherstone, and another guy would come as Doctor Ascot, Debbie Timer. I mean, it was hilarious. They'd wear little, they'd dress up, they'd they'd kind of dress up the way they envisioned the characters to look. They they'd do their hair, their makeup, everything, and then they'd wear those little tags. Hello, my name is, and it would say Doctor Ascot and Mister Featherstone and. Oh my God! It 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 blew me away. I almost didn't know what to say. I was so taken aback and and flattered and honored and just I, more than anything, just incredibly amused. And it tickled my soul to know that that the the characters resonated so much with these people that they were they were trying to bring them to life, make them real, and and having fun with them, entertaining themselves with with these characters. And it was just. So whoever you guys are, I don't remember all your names, but if you're still listening, I know you did it more than once, and I just want you to know that that always stayed with me, that always lingered, and it always just uh, lit me up, man. I, I just thought that was the very best. So thank you for your efforts. I don't want you to think that they didn't go unnoticed and were uh, not appreciated. They, they really, really... Um, were something special, and uh, thank thank you again. I will always remember bumping into my characters in real life and being like shocked. I'm like, oh my god, there's a real Mister Featherstone. Oh, beautiful. Hey there! Wow, saw your show this past Friday. 
at the Improv in Miami, Doral, where 12th Avenue crosses 18th, you know all that. I'm the art teacher that uh, you guys kept picking on. Man, what a great show, man. Outstanding. So freaking good. My girlfriend had never seen you live, and she absolutely loved it. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, yes, the art teacher in Miami. I was just in Miami last weekend doing stand-up comedy. What what a great outing. That's that's another element of the podcast I, I hope you guys enjoyed. I always tried to share little clips of my uh, stand-up comedy with you guys just so you can kind of, you know, hear what I was doing and hear, hear the other side of uh, one of the things that I do with my life. Um. But Miami was great. This art teacher guy was great, right in the front row, tattoos, beautiful girlfriend. We we went back and forth. I had a, a good exchange in uh, Miami with um, with one gentleman. I was asking people about their relationships and everything, and I asked this one guy, I go, oh, you have a beautiful lady. Uh, is Is that your girlfriend? And he goes, yep, she's mine. And I go, oh, well, where'd you meet her? And he goes, at a strip club. And then I said, well, she's not really yours. She belongs to all of us, really. And that got a big laugh. But then when they were leaving, I saw them getting into a little bit of a, a verbal confrontation. And I thought, oh, my God, I hope I didn't, I hope I didn't cause him to get into trouble. But, you know. I don't know if he really did meet her at a strip joint or if that was just a joke, but be careful. Be careful making the jokes about your ladies. But anyways, it was a fun exchange, and um, I'm glad you had a good time, sir. And I'm going to miss telling you guys about my stand-up dates, but uh, don't don't forget you can always... Um, you can always find my stand-up comedy dates at harlemwilliams.com on my website. Uh, another element of the show, which I didn't do a lot, I didn't do a lot, but I'd, I'd say maybe 5%, maybe 8% of the show every now and then I would dip into political stuff or I'd, I'd, you know, I'd get a little more serious and offer up my thoughts and ideas on, on things going on in society or politics or social change or whatever, whatever's happening. I, I didn't like to do that a lot because it's, I just found, you know, there's so much of that out there, and I thought that this podcast was a great escape from all that. But I did like engaging f with that now and then, and I got mixed results. There were people that were like, oh, my God, Harlan, you're so insightful, and what a great way to put it. And then other people that were just like, you're an idiot, you're a loser, you, you don't know anything, I'm never listening to your podcast again. And sadly, I think those people were missing my point because I never tried to preach to people as to how to think or what to think, but I would merely offer up my perception of things for you to digest, and you you had the right to say yay or nay. But I think some people took it the wrong way and thought that I was always trying to tell people what to think or whatnot, but that's on them. That's not on me. That, that was never my agenda because... I wouldn't want that done to me, and I have no um, no uh, plan to do that to anyone else. But I do like offering up ideas and commentary, and so sometimes it got a little, um, you know, more serious. And so just in keeping with the end of the the podcast here, why don't we take uh, Roger? Why don't we take that one call where maybe it dips into the serious, and we'll we'll give a little flavor of that before we uh, we close. Play it, Rog. Hey, man. 
we got a lot of mass shootings going on, and uh, I remember uh, back in the day I used to listen to you, and you were blaming it all on Obama, saying he was weak and uh, we needed somebody tough in there to stop all this. Now uh, we got a tough guy, and uh, the murder continues. So what's the deal with that, Harland? Please tell us. All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I'm not going to tell you what's right or what's wrong, but I, I can tell... And I could be wrong, but I'm just going to say this. The tone of your, your voice, the tone of your, your call, you know, you say it's about the mass shootings, but in today's political climate, I almost feel like the mass shootings isn't what you want to talk about. You're more challenging me on, well, Obama and whoever the president is now. It seems like that's more of what you're looking to get into, but... You know, it shouldn't be like that. It should be about the mass shootings. And so, fortunately, you're going to get a chance to see, and I've always said it, I'm neither Republican or Democrat. I'm just a guy who likes results. If you're Barack Obama and you get results, I love you. If you're Hillary Clinton you get results, I love you. If you're Donald Trump and you get results, I love you. If you're George Bush and get results, I just want results. I want effective people that get stuff done because— Political party stuff is just all emotional. It's all emotional, and it uses up time and energy. You know, when you when you have a guy come and fix your house, let's say you got a, a, a leaky toilet, do you want the guy to walk into your bathroom, get on his knees, and start fixing the toilet? Or do you want to stand there and hear him complain and talk about his union dues and talk about how his truck's not working and talk about how he's fighting with his wife and talk about he 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 doesn't think uh, you know communist countries should be punished and this you know no just get get to work and get results okay that's all I want from any politician. I don't care about all that emotional crap that's slowing everything down, all the fighting and posturing and positioning. So you're going to be happy with this answer, my friend. And I, I do thank you for your calls. I said earlier, I don't mind this kind of stuff. Um, but, um, Trump isn't a tough guy. I blamed Obama. And guess what? I'm putting 100% equal blame on Trump. Now, I'm not blaming either of them for the killings or the shootings or the the demented actions of a psycho. That's on that's on them. But what I'm putting on Obama and I'm putting the exact same stuff on Donald Trump, my friend. Hear that? The exact same stuff, the the tough guy as you said. I'm putting all of it on them that none of them are changing laws, fixing laws, fixing things, doing anything to get things d done. Do you remember after 9-11 when they flew the planes into the building? Remember? The guys had to break into the cockpit. What'd they do two weeks later? Every single freaking plane in America had an impenetrable door. They came up with the solution in two weeks. They figured it out. They manufactured it, they implemented it, and now you probably couldn't get through one of those doors if you were a charging rhino. Case solved, violence ended, like, just like that. And you know that could be done with what we're doing 
now with, with the guns and the shootings and the killings. Now, can you stop it all? No. Could, can you stop every hijacker? Could some guy, you know, maybe sneak into a plane with a blowtorch and blow the door? Yeah, there's always going to be anomalies. There's always going to be people that get through. But they found the solution, and it's, it's, there's, there hasn't been anybody flying a plane into a building since. Okay? So with all these school shootings, with all these random shootings, with all these guns, obviously something's not working. But nobody's sitting down and coming up with practical solutions. Nobody's putting safety doors in high schools. Nobody's, nobody's putting barriers in malls. Nobody's, you know, it, it's just, it just keeps going and going and people talk and this and that and NRA and Second Amendment and we've got to have guns and you're not allowed to take our guns and we're entitled to guns and why aren't we taking the guns? And it's all just questions and emotion and talk and there, there's, no, there's nothing being done. And so all the disdain and all the blame and all the disappointment that I threw on Obama all those, all those years ago, my friend, guess what? I'm transferring it 100% to the tough guy because Obama didn't get results. The tough guy's not getting results. I don't know if anyone's ever going to get results, but I'm telling you, man, there are answers out there. There are things that could be done to slow this down, to maybe stop it, to lessen it for sure. But Ain't nothing happening. It's just talk and talk and talk and, you know. I mean, there's, there's been so many shootings. Like those those two shootings the last, last weekend made me almost totally forget about the shooting the weekend before at the Garlic Festival in California. Some guy went in and shot up a garlic festival. Okay. And that was just forgotten the next weekend when two more places were shot up. And remember Vegas where I think 63 people were shot up? How, how quickly did that go away? It's all just going away. It's coming and going. And sadly, and this is no disrespect to the deceased, it's almost like a news forecast. Well, tomorrow it's going to be rainy in Columbus, Ohio with scattered showers. And then Thursday... The winds will subside, but there's a cold front coming down from the north, and then it should clear up by Friday. And then next week, it's a whole new ball game. That's what these shootings have become, man. They've just become throwaway news items, and it's, it's horrific, it's sad, it's depressing. And who else can we blame, right? Who else? You know, the country essentially is run by a government that's supposed to protect and is supposed to implement laws and is supposed to do things to make society a civil and safe place for people to prosper and raise their family and not live in fear. And it's scary, man. So there you go, buddy. I hope I hope you're happy. I hope you now see that I'm not just a political guy and I'm looking to point people out and I'm, I'm a party guy. I'm not. I want results. If Obama had, had done things to help make this stop, I would be heaping the praise. If Trump can do it while he's still in office, I'll heap the praise. If the next president is a Democrat, 
if it's Kamala Harris or if it's Bernie S- S- Sa- S- San- Sander? Sa- Sanders, I- I'll give the praise where the praise is to get me results. I- I'm mystified why other people don't think like that, but that's their prerogative, and God bless you. Um, but sadly, it's really affecting society. I'm not joking anymore when I say this, gang. Okay, I'm not even kidding. When I go into a large department store, when I go to a movie theater, when I go to a restaurant or an airport now, guess what I do? It's not an afterthought. It's not, oh, I should have. When I go in, I look around. I scope the place out. Can you believe it? I have to do recon at a cheesecake factory. Like, what is going on, man? So if, if I, am I mad at the tough guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm mad at all of them. We're smart. We're, we're going to Mars. We're going to the moon. This can be solved if we want to solve it, but they don't want to. And so we're just going to keep living with the bodies piling up. And people are getting more and more paranoid. There was a story just this week in New York City in Times Square, a truck or a motorcycle backfired. You know what that is when a muffler backs up and it makes a loud popping sound? A freaking vehicle backfired and went, and people went running and screaming for their lives. And that's the dilemma. That's the mindset we're in in this so-called civilized society we live in. That's the mindset of everyday citizens. And I'm not walking into places to being dramatic. I'm not I'm telling you I walk into a into a mall to be Mr. Dramatic. I'm literally doing it as a precaution. I want I want to stay alive. I now realize that this should happen. I landed at the Orlando airport two weeks ago to go do a show. And as I'm walking to the rental car, I thought in my head, I went, oh yeah, it was about a year ago when a guy walked through here with a high caliber rifle through the luggage claim area and just started shooting people randomly and took out like 14 or six or whatever. And here I am walking on the sacred ground of the, of the nutty fucking shooter. So this isn't just me being dramatic. This is real, man. And this is this is this is not just me. This is other people. So buddy who made the phone call, you didn't leave your name. Let's not make it about politics and this party and that party. You should be mad at Obama, my friend. You should be mad at the tough guy as you call him. Cuz I'm mad at all of them still, both. And whoever's next, if they don't get it done, and, and they get all get up there and talk about it, and they're all impassioned, and their eyes are watering, and they, they're pounding the podium, this has to end, and then they get elected, and they do fuck all. And while they do fuck all, old ladies and fathers and babies and children and mothers and concert goers and shoppers... And carnival and festival people are going to just start piling up and the blood's going to drip down into the street and form a river along the curb. And it's disgusting. So for you, my friend, thank you for the call. 
And if I'm wrong about interpreting the tone of your call, forgive me. But if the tone of your call was kind of baited with, oh, let's see who Harlan supports as politics. I would recommend that you get that out of your wheelhouse and stop focusing on parties and and your dedication and loyalty to a party and start pointing all your loyalty and dedication towards your fellow citizens and saying, I want results. Who the fuck's going to get them for me? Because a party is just a name. It's like a logo on your fucking underpants or on the breast of your shirt. It don't mean jack. It's just surface. Find someone who gets results. And on that area, none of them have. So I hope you like that answer. (laughs) But see, that's why I like those kind of calls, because you get a little fired up. You talk about it. And the reason I popped this in on the last podcast is because, A, this gentleman just called, and it was timely. And again, thank you for your call. I hope you're concerned about the shooting, too. I'm I'm not assuming you're not. I know you are. Of course you are. But just, you know, for all of us, let's not make it about parties and politics and leaders. Let's make it about whoever can get it done. But anyways, this was a little part of this podcast, and so I think it's fitting that as this is the final one, we drop in a final little commentary. And my friend Brian earlier said that, and, and I found it interesting that he you know, summed up my podcast with the word caring. That that shocked me a little bit, but maybe I do have a lot of caring in me. And the reason why I get impassioned with these kind of responses is because I do care. I don't care about politicians and, and who wins and who, who's got the power. I care about those children and those, those innocent people that are crumpling to the ground with seven bullet holes that just ripped through their bodies. And they were there to take their kids on a ride, on a merry-go-round, and now they're laying on the grass with half their skull blown off and their fucking eye hanging on their cheek and their, their kids standing there splattered in brain because some fucking asshole decided to light the place up. So I don't get time for parties and politicians i got time for results that's all i want get me some fucking results (sighs) all right let what oh no really okay this is good and and ruthie she left a message you know what because she knew about this she knew this was the the last podcast okay let let's I think this is fitting. We, folks, for those of you that don't know, my Aunt Ruthie, uh, she loves me. She lives up in Rochester, New York, where I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy, by the way. I should, I should put a little plug in. I wonder if Aunt, I haven't told Aunt Ruthie that yet. She's probably going to want to come out to the show. I'll be in Rochester, New York, uh, September 12th through the 14th, coming up. So hopefully you can come out and see me in Aunt Ruthie country. But anyways, uh, Ruthie's followed my career, the podcast. She calls in. She I never seem to get her, but she leaves messages, long-winded messages on my answering machine. Roger, let's play it. I'm always delighted to hear from Aunt Ruthie and Uncle Harry, even though they're a bit old. They're getting up there. They're a little bit crazy, but 
Let's play it. My Aunt Ruthie from Rochester, New York. Play it, Rog. Hello. Hello, Angel. Is that you? Is, is, is somebody answering the phone? I'm not. Oh, my God. Hello, Angel. It's your Aunt Ruthie calling from Rochester, New York. How are you, Angel Pie? Oh, my goodness. We miss you so much. I hope you're having a good time down there in Hollywood, making your movies and your televisions and modeling and what's not and so forth. We're having a real heat blaster up here in Rochester this summer. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the streets are sizzling. I mean, it's so hot up here. You could fry a pterodactyl egg on somebody's forehead, for Christ's sake. I mean, you... You know, you walk down the street and there's heat vapors coming up and it looks like, yeah, where the hell am I? Am I walking on the sun or the planet, uh, you know, Uranus or something, for Christ's sake? I mean, how does it get this hot, for Christ's sake? You know, they say that the, 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 they got the global warming, that the, you know, the, the whole world's heating up, Angel. And, you know, I mean, how does that happen? I mean, with somebody... You know, come along and stuff the planet in a Walmart sleeping bag and zip it up, for Christ's sake, and pour Tabasco sauce inside. I mean, I don't know how all the sciences work and, the, you know, the galaxies, but I can tell you this, Angel, your poor Uncle Harry is suffering like a, you know, like a wounded dog with his back leg bent up into a, into a T-bone steak or whatever. I mean... Your Uncle Harry's got the, you know, in the summertime, he gets these godforsaken allergies. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't know if the ragweed or the goldenrod or the the maple trees or whatever have been, you know, fucking all night. But there's more pollen in the air than there is, uh, you know, uh, diabetes cells all over uh, the, the clinic down at the diabetes center, for Christ's sake. I mean... It is hotter than, uh, you know, the inside of Rebel Wilson's underpants, for God's sake. And then, you know, there's pollen floating around like, uh, you know, suddenly we're on a bad episode of Star Trek and Spock's got fungus in his fucking pointy can opener ears, for Christ's sake. I mean, your poor Uncle Harry, I mean, you good Christ, he's all puffed up. He looks like, you know, he looks like a, a, one of those things of cotton candy. You see the, the snotty-nosed little brats down a Coney Island carrying around. I mean, Harry looks like a big bundle of cotton candy. He's all puffed up. He looks like, you know, he looks like he's got, like, saliva gland warts or something, for Christ's sake. I mean... I wake up in the morning and I thought, well, who, who left the window open? There's a cloud in my bed. This puffy fucking man is beside me. And look, you know, I feel like, did I just spend the night with the elephant man, for Christ's sake? I mean, this guy he looks like someone, you know, put a sharp hay in the oven and had him puff up at 450 degrees. I mean... Harry's his eyes are so baggy. He looks like uh, somebody punched a hornet nest in the asshole. For Christ's sake, it's just horrible, Angel. And you know he gets all sniffly and snoppily, and his nasals get all plugged up. And suddenly I can't understand what he's saying. And the, I mean, let me put him on the phone, and you can see for yourself. Harry, 
Harry, come and oh. Harry, come and say hello to your nephew. Hang on a second. I, I mean, hang on. Come and say hello. Yeah, it's crawling down in the Hollywood. Yeah, hang on, Angel. You do Uncle Harry. Good luck understanding this fucking Chinese menu. Here he is. Hello. Harry, take the phone. Here you go. Oh, Jesus Christ, Harry. Articulate. Jesus Christ, it sounds like you're talking to an elephant farting in a hurricane. Christ and crackle crunch. I mean, can you believe the phlegm coming off of this freak? It's like, a, you know, if you had a sprinkler on your lawn hooked up to a walrus's fucking anal glands. It's just like, just mucus flying everywhere and spray and, you know, his eyes are leaking yellow liquid. I mean, it looks like, you know, somebody uh, date-raped Cujo and called him Uncle Harry, for Christ's sake. I mean, it's just a nightmare, Angel. So we got the global warming heat cooking the streets. I mean, Harry went out on the street yesterday with his loafers and the soles came off. And some birds flew down and got stuck to them, and it looked like a fucking uh, loaf of omelet on the middle of the road, for God's sake. And then, you know, Harry's got the allergies, his nose is running. I mean, you know, I, I slipped on a puddle in the middle of the living room yesterday. I thought the, the roof was leaking, and it was Harry fell asleep on the couch, and his nose started leaking like, uh, you know, as if, uh, you know, Crystal Gale had a fucking adult diaper blow up in her face, you know, it's just ridiculous. So we're struggling along, Angel, we're trying to get through the summer, and, uh, you know, Harry's gonna be okay, I hope, as it starts to cool off in September, but until then, I've gotta, hang on, Harry wants to say something, okay, Harry, hang on, Angel, here's Harry again. <laughs> Angel, do you remember the time when you were sent down here for the week? 
would you remember when we went down to the boardwalk and you stayed with me and Uncle Harry and we took you down to the boardwalk and we got you an ice cream and we turned around and there was a couple of dogs having sexual intercourse and you didn't know what it was and you said, Aunt Ruthie, why is that one dog on the other dog's back? And I said, well, they're just playing. And then Uncle Harry said, no, they're having the fuck of their lifetime. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Harry. And you were like, what does that mean, Aunt Ruthie? What does fuck of a lifetime mean? And I'm like, they're just playing. Don't listen to your Uncle Harry. And then Uncle Harry grabbed me and started humping me. And you were screaming. And I'm like, Harry, get the hell off of me. We're in about a boardwalk, for fuck's sake. You know, and he's humping me right through my drugs. which is unbelievable. But anyways, Angel, I'm dro- I'm drooling on. I should probably let you go. You probably got a million things to do, you sweet little angel and your little freckle face. Oh. We love you so much, Angel, and we hope we see you soon. And Harry, I hate to do this. Harry, do you want to say goodbye to our little angel? Hang on. Harry wants to say goodbye, love bug. Here he is. Harry, take the phone. <laughs> Christ on a fucking oatmeal basket. What the? I'm sorry, Angel. Your Uncle Harry's allergies are just like herpes on top of a battered fucking twat lip. I'm just unbelievable. Well, we better let you go, honey buns. Phone me when you get the chance, okay? Have a great summer, and me and Uncle Harry love you. You're our favorite. We'll see you soon, okay? Come visit us up here in Rochester. Goodbye, Angel Buns, and Oofy loves you. Bye, baby. Harry, get the hell away from the refrigerator. You're getting mucus on the cold cut. Good Christ. Oh, my God. What what are we going to do without Aunt Ruthie checking in? Poor, th- poor Uncle Harry. God, he sounded miserable. Yikes! Oh my God. Whew. Oh, let's, uh, Rog. Let's let's uh, clear the air here. Let's do another uh, phone call. My goodness. Hello. Hello. Harland, I couldn't go without telling you this is your buddy Balls. Uh, I'm still having a hard time accepting that you're ending the old highway, buddy. But I have to tell you. I would need 7 million dump trucks to load up all the thanks that I possibly would have to give you for all the happy and and funny times that you brought us over all this time. You've got me through the darkest periods of my life with your podcast, and you've made the happiest parts of my life even happier with your comedy. And you are such an amazing person. You are the most endearing man I ever met. You love your fans, and you go above and beyond the call of duty. And I'm trying to knock it all shaky voice but i just wanted to thank you man thank you brother for all the laughs and all the good times that you brought us fans and i just uh i can't thank you enough you've really really uh touched me and all the pavement pounders and uh i love you man i wish you the best in everything you do this is balls signing off oh balls that and that's it right there that's what it was all about just 
like I said, making somebody happy, maybe helping them through some dark times, making life a little easier, taking the edge off. And uh, boy, oh boy, Balls has been such a big fan of the show and of my comedy. Whenever I'm in Pittsburgh, he always comes out and supports. And he was one of the early pavement pounders that caught onto this podcast and started listening. And I'll never forget, I only did one live broadcast. I think it was for the 100th episode or something like that. I did the, the one and only live broadcast. Um, broadcast of the Harland Highway and we actually had an open phone line where people could call in and Balls was our very first caller uh, so he's got the record for that for calling into the Harland Highway and we we got to talk live on the air and uh, and Balls thank you so much uh, you've been you've been there uh, for me and uh, it's just been uh, great having your support and knowing that you're enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, it was an honor to be on your podcast. Balls has a great podcast about uh, horror movies and horror-themed topics. And uh, check that, that podcast out as well. And uh, just thank you so much for the heartfelt goodbye. And, uh, you know, stay tuned, buddy. There'll be other cool things coming down the pipe. I promise. Uh, there's more. I'm, I've got more laughter for you up my sleeve. So don't uh, don't think I'm leaving you behind with the giggles. It'll just be in a different uh, forum. But uh, the stuff I'm working on now, I'll be honest. It's making me laugh more than the podcast. Okay, that's just gonna give you a hint. Okay, the podcast. It made me laugh. I love doing it. And what, half the reason I did it was to make myself laugh. But I'll, I'll be honest, and I'm, I'm not going to give you much information, but the new project I'm working on is, is making me laugh more than this even, which is a great sign for me. Now, will other people love it? I don't know. But I'm literally on airplanes. I'm walking down the street. I'm in the mall. And when I think about the project I'm working on now, I start laughing out loud. Just like as I'm walking, I start laughing. It's so ridiculous. So I'm hoping that the laughter translates to all you guys. And I can't wait to tell you about it. And that's another reason to keep this, <coughs> excuse me, keep this channel open. Because I will be dropping uh, announcements on the new project when it comes up. And if you, if you don't want to keep this channel open, then you can join my social media uh, it's at Harlan Williams on Twitter and at Harlan Williams on Instagram. And, uh, you know, I have a Facebook page. I don't use it much. I don't understand Facebook. It's too complicated. But when the time comes, I will be announcing the new project. And, uh, man, it is twisted and funny and bizarre and weird. And, oh, my God, I am... Oh, I can't wait to show it to you guys. So so uh, hang on there, balls. There's more laughs to come. And again, thank you for that beautiful and emotional and heartfelt uh, goodbye. Choked me up inside. And uh, I love the passion, buddy. And good luck with your podcast. And let's hit another call, Raj. Hey, Harlan. This is uh, Rich again from California, stationed out in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. Giving back to my country that I love the most. Living the, the life in the military right now. Um, but this is just my last tour out to you to uh, say, you know, the 
the, the good times that, uh, you know, listening to you, following you, like, it's just, it's just been great. I consider, uh, you know, I grew as a fan, but I feel like more, you know, I'm closer to it as a friend to you. Um, just, just riding down that long road for about a good 10 plus years. Um, and, you know, I have a mission coming up, uh, where I'll be going overseas, uh, for about, you know, half a year. And I'm taking the Harlan Highway with me. You know, I will start from episode one and work my way all the way up again. Because uh, it do bring me joy, laughter, and everything else. Uh, some days could be tough out here, I can tell you that. But uh, your comedy is golden. I've seen you live, Periscopes, Instagram, uh, you name it. You know, uh, going to shows, Irvine, California, all that good stuff. Rocking the T-shirts. Uh, buying merchandise, uh, you know, just, um, just, uh, have a hell of a lot of respect for your craft, uh, for your knowledge, uh, your material, uh, just everything. You're, a, you're an all around really awesome dude. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been a hell of a ride, but, uh, I'll keep following. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you know, you just, you just keep going, man. You, you got a lot of, uh, good spirit in you. Um, you know, we all get older. I'm hell I'm in 36 and, you know, I feel a little bit, but, um, the joy of life just becomes more and more that much great as, uh, as we get older. So, uh, keep up the good spirits, man. Hang in there and always chicken. Tell me, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. What a great call. And, uh, what a great, what a great line, you know, G- giving my life for my country. Wow. Giving back to my country that I love the most. Isn't that great to hear? What an amazing line. I mean, I'm just, boy, that, that just moves me, man. You know, when you when you think of, of people like Rich and, and the brave and, and wonderful and, and giving people of the military – it's just, it's just really, uh, it's really an honor to hear from you. It's, it's just really moving to hear that you have that dedication and that love and that spirit for not only your country, but when you say your country, you're really, you're really giving to all of us. You know, you, you, the a country is just a word, is a, is a, it, it's just a, a word in our vocabulary. But what's in the country are living things, people us and so when you say your country you're really you're really dedicating your life to serving the people and protecting them and and guarding their liberty and it's just it's so amazing and that's what makes you guys the heroes um and and to know that that you know I can uh, add to your experience to a degree and I'm, I, I can only imagine how tough it is in the theater of war and, uh, you know, dealing with, with the aspects of war, which can often be violent and, and around death and, and damage and, and, you know, maiming and people get hurt, but that's just, that's just the way war and, and, and human fighting is. And so, um, you know, to know that maybe I can uh, help ease that pain a little and, and add some laughter in an area where you might be surrounded by darkness at times. It's, uh, it makes me happy that I can contribute in a, in a way nowhere near what you're contributing, but at least uh, making your life a little more 
joyous. And uh, it's just nice to hear a guy say something like that in the world that we live in now where I find very often the, the military is vilified, the police are vilified, they're throwing water on, the, on policemen. People are walking up to policemen in the street and throwing water on them. People are, are kneeling during the American flag. People are, are turning their back on the anthem. People are disrespecting the flag. And, uh, you know, that isn't to say that people have worthy causes, but I think there's, there's better ways to show it, man. And uh, you may think differently, but I'll tell you what, I, I feel like to be in this country is an honor and to, uh, to, to, to have a flag that, that uh, represents freedom and liberty and uh, helping the world try to be a better place. And yes, there's always every, every culture, every country has its stains, has its, has its, uh, its marks but it doesn't mean it's a bad and unworthy place to be. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really nice to hear someone being so patriotic and, and, uh, using those words and, and literally, you know, using their life to serve their country that they love. So good for you, Rich. Thank you, man. And, uh, enjoy the, the podcast. I'm, I'm amazed that you've listened to it from, from the very first episode. That's so incredible. And yeah, if you take it with you and you have all the archives, oh my God, think about that. If you have if you have episodes one through a thousand archived, that's literally like I don't know how many hours of entertainment that is. But imagine going to a movie for two hours and then imagine listening to the Harland Highway for you it would probably take you like, I don't know, five days or 10 days to listen to all of them. Like it's, it's a lot of stuff. We, we laid down a lot of comedy over the, over the years. So, so, uh, I hope you enjoy going back and listening, be safe out there. Thank you for what you do. And to all the guys and gals in the military, thank you so much. You guys are brave warriors and heroes and, uh, God bless you. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you for the call. Dude, you got a tattoo. <laughs> so did you, dude? No. Oh. Dude, what does my tattoo say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude. What does mine say? Sweet! What about mine? Dude! What does mine say? Sweet! Idiot! Your tattoo says dude. Your tattoo says sweet. Got it? We got it. And on the word sweet, it's time to say sweet goodbye, everybody. Oh. Sad, 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 but fun, fun, fun. I just want to say before we close it all up, thank you, everybody. Thank you, all the pavement bounders. Thank you for those of you that supported the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those that were there from episode one. Thank you for there for for those that were there for only a few. 
maybe even one episode. Whoever listened, whoever put their ears on on the uh, podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. And whatever part of the world you may be in, overseas in Europe or China or Finland or England or Australia, that's the real beauty of, of this podcast too. It's it, the, the, the fact that this goes out to the whole planet, you know. I sit in my little studio and record by myself and all the characters in my head. And these words get projected out to a whole living planet of 7 billion people. So for those of you who did uh, jump on board and listen, thank you. I hope you got something out of it, an idea, a thought, a laugh, a giggle, a smile, a tear, whatever. Um... The whole reason for doing this was to elicit some type of emotional response. Whatever that uh, form it manifested in, so be it. But I hope it was a good experience. Great experience for me. You know, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for all you people out there. Um, and, uh, you know, what's great about comedy is it touches everyone. doesn't matter what race, what ethnicity, what what anything. It's just... This thing is for absolutely, if you, if you got a heartbeat and you got ears and you're alive, this is for you. So to everybody, thank you so much. God bless you all. And uh, it's been a real honor and a pleasure. And I look forward to bringing you more laughs with uh, future endeavors. And I will keep you posted. Okay? So thank you, everybody. And... Uh, Let's close it out with one final thing. And before we do that, my very final, thank you for being here. And chicken chow mein, baby. Wait, that, that was a bit too down. We don't want to we, we, we want to end with, hey, thanks for being here, everybody. And remember, chicken chow mein, baby. Hello? Hello? Garland Bob Brev, I have a message for you. So, there's something that has been on my mind, and I can't know what it even is. What's the thing on my mind, Harland? Would you mind telling me what happens to be the itching point the scratch you cannot get in my mind, where does that derive from? I love you. I love everyone else. Peace out, Mojiggy. It's an easy answer, man. It's the final, the final thing that's on everybody's mind who's been listening to this podcast for 10 years. The thing that's on your mind, on my mind, on everybody's mind. Will Barbecue Eddie ever find himself a barbecue? This is Eddie. He wants to party. But they just hang up. Hello? Oh, uh, hey. How's it going, man? Hello? Oh, uh, hey, uh, it's, uh, Eddie calling. Oh. Uh, Eddie? 
Uh, I was uh, calling to see if baby wanted to uh, have what the a barbecue? Who the hell is this? Uh, it's uh, Eddie. Eddie from where? Uh, I got your number from the uh, barbecue club. So what the hell are you talking? Are you retarded? I was wondering if baby wanted to glaze up some uh, power baby back ribs and uh, maybe uh, turkey shine some. Uh, some shrimp poppers and stuff. Well, shrimp pop what? Uh, maybe we could uh, power slam some hide kids and, uh, you know, double power blast uh, some Budweiser's or what What have you. What, what the hell's wrong with you? You got a helmet on? Uh, I got uh, some teriyaki chicken, too. If you, if you want to try that, I could uh, power glaze that and... Uh, Dry rub some uh, pork roast. Listen, kid, I've got a lot of work to do. Who the who the hell gave you this number? Uh, I got it from the uh, barbecue. Well, I'm not. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, I just went off a barbecue. Um, I got cobs of corn, and we could double butter them and roll them in cayenne pepper. Wait, a barbecue? Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to. Get together? Wait, me and you? Uh, oh, yeah, just, you know, light up the queue and have a little fun. Yeah, um, hold on a second. Let me close the door. I'm in my office here. Hang on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, what did you say your name was? Uh, it's Eddie. Great. Um, listen, uh, yeah, I'm, I could do a barbecue. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, um. Just me and you, right? Uh, yeah, I would, yeah I, that, as long as it's a barbecue. Yeah, uh, listen, um, you know the downtown area at all? Uh, I guess so. I could figure it out, I guess. Okay, there's a place downtown at 45th and 9th. Uh, 45th and 9th. Let me just jot that down. Uh, it's, it's a funny little bar. Uh... Funny little bar, sir? Yeah, it's called the, uh, the Burnt. Write this down. Okay, the Burnt. The Burnt Sea Urchin Hall. The Burnt Sea Urchin Hall. Oh, okay, do they have, do they have barbecue? Um, well, they, uh... Do they have, like, meat? Do they got lots of meat? Oh, there's gonna be meat, all right. Oh, okay, Maybe we could uh, glaze up some fresh beef. Oh, you can glaze up some fresh beef all night if you want, Eddie. Oh, that, that sounds great. How about a great big cob of corn? Oh, I got a great big cob of corn for you, too, Eddie. Great. Can we put lots of butter on it? Oh, yeah. We're going to butter it up real nice, Eddie. Wow, oh, this sounds excellent. So, uh... What time? Why don't we do it tonight? You know, late when everyone's kind of around midnight, happy hour. Uh, well, that seems a little peculiar. Yeah, well, you want you want the barbecue or not, Eddie? Um, okay. Yeah, let's do it. And what's your name? Uh, Teddy. What's your name? Uh, Mr. Featherstone. Uh, just call me, uh, Matt.
Call me Max, uh, just Max. Oh, okay, Max. Uh, I'll see you at the Dirty Chocolate Sea Urchin Hall. Yeah, he's 49th and 16th downtown. The, f- the funny little bar, right? Yeah. I plan to bring an overnight bag. What? Yeah, I mean, I'll see you there. Okay, sounds, sounds great. Thanks so much. Okay, Eddie. Thanks, Max. Oh, I finally got a barbecue. What a lucky day or night. I better go buy my meat and my corn. Yay! Eddie finally got a barbecue. Yay! Stop talking to yourself. Hang up and get moving, idiot. That was Eddie. He wants to party. But they just hang up.